Okay, hey, welcome to the Life Recreated Show. This is a special show right here. I got a good friend, what you can experience or the different things that you can see in a spiritually abusive church. And the brother that I have here on the line with me, we were in the church together, um, part of the church together. And so, you know, I thought it would be a great idea to have him on just to get a, a different perspective on what his experience was and uh, everything that, you know, kind of he went through and everything that he saw. And hopefully anybody out here maybe listening to his testimony and listening to his experience, it probably will help in your own process. So I'm excited this afternoon to have my brother Brian on this evening. Brian, how you doing, bro? I'm good, Nick. How are you, bud? I'm doing good, doing good. Living the dream, living the dream. And like yeah. I said, I appreciate you having, you know, appreciate you hopping on here with me and being willing to share uh, your story and the things that you experienced. I know that that can, you know, sometimes be, you know, a uh, challenge to, to get out there and, and share what you experienced. And so I want to dive right into it because I think, I think you got a great story. I think, you know, what everybody experienced on an individual level can, you know, be a benefit to somebody and, and definitely help someone. So Brian, real quick, the first question I have for you, like I said, we were part of the church together, but I never really asked you this question, or maybe I have asked you this question, but I don't really remember the story completely, but what, what led you to the church that we were a part of recently? So what was it that kind of led you into that church? Oh um, yeah, I was in the Navy. And so I was actually uh, in Diego Garcia for a couple months and she was pregnant with our second daughter and I got back and she had been going to the church. I wanted nothing to do with it. I didn't want to be oh. going to church. I, I just wanted to just chill live my life with my family, you know? So essentially I, I let her drag me out just to please her. And we got there and it was just, it's a great experience. You know, the people, the people are awesome. The people, they, they really seem to genuinely care about people. They really just kind of clung on to me and my wife, our family. And it was, it was what she was looking for. And uh, I didn't realize it, but I, I guess it was what I was looking for too. And that's pretty much how it began, how, how, uh, how we started going. All right. Okay. Gotcha. So your wife brought you to the church and I mean, the Bible tells us he who finds a wife, I guess finds a good thing. So, you know, she got you in there. And, and so you said it was, it was, it, it, you said for you, it wasn't really something that, that you were looking for, but what, I guess what in the beginning kind of started clicking inside of you to say, you know what, this is kind of like what I needed in my life or, you know, maybe something that I, I, I was missing in my life. I think it's just like the fellowship and the camaraderie, you know, just the fact that the people, they just really, you know, really took us in, you know, you know, we were, being invited over everybody's house. There was fellowship. I really did enjoy the preaching, you know, so, you know, I kind of grew up in church when I was younger and I didn't really like the whole youth group setting, anything else. I just really enjoyed listening to the preacher. So I was like one of the few kids that, that wanted to be, you know, in the, in the congregation and listening to the preaching. And I definitely, I liked the preaching. It was uh, down to earth. It was kind of real, you know, it's what it felt like. So I, I would say that, that, that and then just the people who just seemed to genuinely care and really just uh, wanted to be a part of your life and they were just you know real nice real chill type people nice okay gotcha gotcha so just having that genuine and i think that's kind of you know when you think about the church like especially when i think about the church that's probably you know one of the characteristics that i would say you should probably see in the church right is just having like this loving atmosphere i know you you talked about the preaching do you think that you know, based on maybe, and I know you said you grew up in church, but kind of in the time period between, you know, maybe when you left home 
and then you you got back into church. I mean, do you think that there was a difference in some of the preaching that you heard when you when you joined this, the church this time around, as opposed to maybe what you grew up hearing or kind of what you were, you know, like kind of exposed to? You didn't think there was a big difference there? Yeah, I think there was definitely a difference. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, it was something that I found kind of really that I was attracted to was just kind of the, I guess the, just the, the rawness, the sternness, if you will, just like, this is the word of God. This is what it is. I'm not apologizing for this. And, you know, type kind of mentality in preaching. I wasn't used to that. And at the time I, I, I really liked it. I was, I was impressed by it. I thought, you know, this is a good place. It was, you know, not to get all political, but I'm, I'm conservative. And uh, a lot of the churches that I've been to in the past, they, you kind of, um, not really a conservative mindset, if you will. So this was like a very conservative place. And at the time that was that, you know, that was pretty exciting to me. I like that. And so I, I think there was a big difference in the pre and, and just, like I said earlier, there was a very, this is the way it is, you know, this is what the Bible says. So this is what we're going to preach and we're not going to give you fluff. We're not going to give you kind of candy where the over not going to tickle your ear with cotton candy. And uh, to, to me at that, at that age and that maturity level I was at, and I guess my walk with God that I, I really like that. And gotcha. Gotcha. So now in that beginning time, do you think that, you know, when you started, so, so your wife is there, you, you get back, you're going there. Now you're like hearing all this preaching, you're hearing things that are, you know, obviously probably bringing some type of conviction, kind of like stirring you as a man. I would agree with you. Like when I got into the church uh, for the first time, I had never heard like just, you know, like, hey, this is like right to the point, right. Uh, I don't want to use it. Well, I guess you would say kind of like in your face, you know what I mean? Like, hey, this is how it is. This is how it should be. And this is what the Bible is saying. Do you feel like when, you know, after a little bit of time, did you start to, to feel or did you start to experience some growth like spiritually in your own life or what what was that like when you when he started kind of really getting involved in it so I think definitely you know there was definitely spiritual growth you know one of the things that you know was obviously pushed was to uh, read your bible be in the word be in prayer so these were kind of things at first where you wanted to do it. And then so you're obviously anytime you're in the word of God, you're just going to, you know, it's going to bring life to you. It's going to speak to you. You're going to get closer to him. And obviously in prayer and that kind of kind of started as a voluntary thing at first. And then it just kind of turned into a forced thing where you were, you know, that was really, that, that was one of the works, you know what I mean? That was one of the things that you needed to do to prove yourself is, is constantly showing that you're in your word, constantly being in prayer, but you know, not your private prayer closet at home. You got to be in, you know, you got to be in the prayer room in church. You have to be praying in public where you can be seen. So I, I think that there was definitely spiritual growth. And then I think there was also, it got to the point where it really stopped growing because you're just going through the motions, or at least I was, I was just going through the motions. I really wasn't seeking God. I was, I was seeking approval from man, essentially. Mm, interesting. Gotcha. So now talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, do you... Can you remember, and I know it may, you know, kind of be hard to like put a, put a finger on it, but can you remember a moment where you started to feel that shift, where you started to feel like, you know, this is becoming more of a, a situation where, you know, I, I have to be here or, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of being kind of pressured into being here like can you remember that that moment or maybe even kind of like remember the season of when that kind of started happening so 
Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good question. First thing kind of popped to mind is, um, hmm. I think probably two things kind of popped to mind where I kind of realized that one was there was a, a younger, a younger couple who came into the church, uh, husband and wife, and it was assigned to them. Basically the, the, the pastor essentially assigned them to me and to basically take them. And, you know, we ran with it. We constantly had them over the house. I had to take these guys to go grocery shopping, like all sorts of things. And then, you know, I would, I would essentially get chastised, you know, because I didn't, I didn't do something that he wanted me to do. And, you know, I was operating out of my heart to want to pour into these people and wanted to, to help, wanted to love them, wanted to just kind of, you know, help their marriage. But then it was, uh, there was that whole outside aspect of it that was coming from the, uh, the headship. And I, I kind of realized then like, wow, this is, you know, this is a fabricated, you know, there was that. And then another one that really stood out was my, my stepfather. So my mom and my stepdaddy, they lived about three and a half hours from us down in North Carolina. And I remember when he got really sick and he was kind of in his last days, you know, that last month, I essentially went to the pastor and told him, hey, look, so I'm not going to be here on Sundays. You know, I'll be here on Wednesdays, but Sundays and Saturdays and Fridays, you know, basically every, every weekend we were going down there. And uh, I was informing him and he gave me permission to do so. And that was really something that, that was, that was a big shift for me where I really realized like, wow, this is, this is, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You know, I'm not, right. I'm not asking permission to go take care of my mother and my father while my, while my, while he's essentially on his deathbed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds, that sounds kind of wild and kind of crazy, you know? So, I mean, you know, just kind of thinking about those two situations where, you know, like you were assigned to someone, you know, and, and I know, you know, I was, I was part, you know, like at the time I was a pastor, so I was probably responsible for assigning people and, you know, making sure that I organize people and making sure people are getting followed up, which I think, you know, it's important, but I think the story that you bring up, makes a good point where, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, and, and what I'm hearing you say, it was like a shift more from doing it out of your heart rather than, you know, having to do it because somebody's telling you that you need to do it, right? So somebody's saying, hey, this is the person you need to be with and you need to be on top of them. And then that second part of it, just kind of like asking permission. Talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, how did how did you feel, you know, because I know, obviously, you know, with with your, your, you know, your your father being sick and, you know, hearing like, okay, Hey, I'm giving you permission to, to go and see him. I mean, what, 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 what kind of internally did you feel with that kind of response, especially, you know, coming from like leadership and coming from somebody that obviously you probably were looking up to and you, you know, you were under as, as, you know, as, as a member of the church, what, what do you, what, what did you feel like internally when you were, you know, given permission to go down and see your, your your dad what would that i think you know it, it was just <laughs> i remember kind of internally laughing like who does this clown think he is you know well, probably it was a a thought of mine but it's you know i grew up in a household very structured my father's a marine so you know i i grew up getting you know getting drilled he was a stern he's a good a good dad but he was a very stern and you know so i kind of knew what it was like to have you know somebody have control over you because at a child in my household growing up is exactly what my father had over me he had control over me and 
So I kind of sat there and I was I was kind of taken aback. Like, wait a minute, does this this guy like he's he thinks he's got control over me? And I started thinking about it. I was like, he he does in a sense, you know, because you know I've allowed it. I've allowed that control, which is crazy because it's not in my personality whatsoever to kind of be bamboozled like that and to, you know, to have the wool over my eyes and just not realize it. And I just realized how, how the great things of the church and the fellowship, how they were used in a way to manipulate. And it, it kind of got you to a point where almost like an abusive relationship, you know, an abusive marriage, if you will. Similarly, obviously no physical abuse or whatnot, but you know, we look at it and we're like, well, why wouldn't she just leave? You know, but her whole life's wrapped up in that marriage. Maybe she's got kids with him or whatnot. And that's, you know, it's to a point where, you know, the, she's physically dependent upon her husband, this guy who's abusing her. And it's hard to understand that. But in reality, when you're in an abusive church, it's, it's very similar. Obviously, you know, for the most part, when we're talking about abusive churches. Obviously, we're not talking about physical abuse, although that does happen. But it is, it's, it's a mindset. You, you, you don't understand, you know, what has happened, what has taken place. Cause it's so subtle over time. And, you know, you focus so much on the good and what the good things that are coming out of it, the good things that, you know, the, you know, changes in your life, changes in your marriage that are for better, you know, changes in yourself. And then one day you start realizing, whoa, you know, this, this isn't right. And that you've, you've allowed somebody to have control over you. And then you realize that it's not just you, there's control over your wife, there's control over your marriage, these things that you've basically submitted to, and you've given that control over. And by then, at least my experience by then, you know, there's normally such a stronghold with with the wife. And there's been those relationships built then that, you know, if you notice it, and then you start to, uh, you, you, you know, open up your eyes and you even start talking to her about it. Well, then she's just going to run to the pastor. She's going to go because he's the headship. And then that's the devil's getting in your marriage. And instead of something where now you two unite and realize, hey, this is this is what's going on in our marriage this is what's going on in our family and our household. What ends up happening is you now your your spouse is being used against you and, you know, lies are, are thrown and twists and stuff. And there's just a lot of manipulation, which really makes it difficult to, to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, Sorry, gotcha. Went left turn there. I apologize about that. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, I think, you know, I think that's good to bring up as a point because a lot of times, you know, if, if you've never really been in that situation before or kind of experienced this, um, before and that's why I think it's so important and I appreciate you sharing a, a lot of that because you know if you've never really been in that before it's hard for you to understand on the outside kind of looking in like why would you you know like you, you ask a question like okay why would you allow someone to to kind of have that kind of control or kind of have that type of influence in your life or allow someone to have that kind of influence but when you kind of look at like what you were saying like the whole kind of strategy behind it is you know it's almost a really like subtle strategy where like over time like you mentioned you know it becomes harder for you to you know to really to be in a place where where there isn't that much influence or there isn't that much kind of like authority kind of kind of held over you in a sense right right so and that's good i'm glad you brought that up so now kind of going to that right so so that situation happened you know like where you said 
where, you know, he was giving you permission to go and see your father. I mean, obviously, you know, the reason we're having this conversation is, is you left the church as well as, as so did I. How long was the time frame between the situation with your dad where you started seeing these things and kind of started opening your eyes up to these things? How long was the time frame from then before the time you decided, okay, hey, it's time for me to like walk away? Probably... Probably three, three and a half years. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. 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 So now, okay, with it being three, three and a half years, then this is the question I ask myself all the time, too, is like, you know, like, what was it that kept me staying there so long, right? Even after you experienced that, even so, like, you, you notice, like, okay, there's something that's not, there's something that's not correct here, something's not right here. Why not? just like the next Sunday, just walk away. So everything's, you know, it, it's, I would say attributed to the fact that you, when you come to a church like this, sorry, my dog's running around shaking my curtains here. You know, they, they really prey onto people who, you know, aren't, aren't strong in their faith that they're not, you know, they don't want people that are church goers. You know, when they go and they outreach and stuff, they love people with problems. And and genuinely, you know, that that seems really great on the surface. But what, what I learned was that why they do that is so that way you have this bond with this church. You have this bond with these people. They, they want people whose lives are all messed up. And what ends up happening is, is the fruit that comes out of you building a relationship with God. You look at that relationship through that church. So this is what this church has done for me. I mean, I listened to years and years and years of testimonies. I mean, shoot, I've, I've made, you know, testimonies that this church, this church, God working through this church, God working through this fellowship. And it's it's just preached over and over and over again what God is doing through this church and what's God doing through this fellowship. So what ends up happening is you take these people whose marriages weren't good, family weren't, you know, whatever the situation is, and then you start pouring love in them, you help them, you, you know, they get cleaned up. A lot of the times this is where, I mean, I watched it in this church that, Young men who had never been mentored by another. This is where they learn how to be in common decency, morals, values, integrity, stuff like that, that uh, a lot of us learned while, you know, just being raised by a mother and father who poured themselves into us. But now all of a sudden, this is a place where, you know, people, they learn some of that foundational things in life. And when you learn how to be honest and you start living your life in a good way, you, you, you reap the benefits of it. And, and I don't want to take anything away from God by any means. But this is just, I mean, it, you can do this just demand for a lot of things. And what ends up happening is, is that you you see these good changes in your life, these good changes in your marriage. You know, let's be realistic. You take young marriages and you got a husband or wife that are always yelling at each other half the time. And then you walk in to this church and you have these group of ladies that take your wife underneath uh, their wings and start telling her, no, sweetie, you, you need to respect your husband. You know, you can't talk to your husband that way. You need to respect him. This is what the Lord says, this is what the Bible says. You hear this preaching. So now you have this young with his wife who all of a sudden now she starts, you know, speaking to him with respect. She's not yelling at him all the time. She's not barking at him. Likewise, you take this young and he's taught, no, you need to lead your family. You need to love your wife. You need to show her love and, and this and that. And, you know, so then years later, you look and you're like, wow, but this is this is what this church has given me. This is what this church. Think about where my marriage would be, where my family would be if it wasn't for this church. It's not if it wasn't for God, but if it wasn't for this church. And this is the exact reason why churches like this, they don't just want to take in anybody. They literally go out looking for people 
who aren't churchgoers, looking for people who don't have a relationship for God, looking for people who they can take and give these simple things and, and teach them these simple things. And then the fruit is going to be seen in it. And what you end up having is now you have this, this family who is literally attached to this church because this church did this for them. So when you do start seeing these signs and seeing these things, one is that, you know, you realize that you're rooted in this and you remember all the positive and all the good that's come out of it. That's number one. But number two, you pretty much become isolated from your family. You get into an abusive church, you become, what's the word I'm looking for? You become radical. And, and that's exactly what it is. You, your whole life is consumed with this church and you know that you're doing the will of God and this, but everybody else, they're not, they're not doing what you're doing. So they're there to hinder it. And because you've allowed this control over your life, what ends up happening is, is that you, you, you stop working on these relationships from anybody outside of the church to include your whole, your own family, you know, and your family, they see what you're in. They know what you're in. So they start drawing away from you because if they do try to speak in your life at all, you're going to reject them because they don't know. They don't understand that you you're building the kingdom of God and that you're doing things right because you're in this church and this church is doing things right. I mean, I can't tell you how many sermons I heard where it says, well, we're not saying that other churches aren't doing the will of God, but they're not doing what we're doing. Mm. You know, it's elitism. And what that what that builds is all these relationships within this. Church. And now you have all these relationships, including your own family and friends that were of the past. And you haven't you haven't tended to any of that. So now your whole life, everybody who you had relationship with is in this church. And you know for a fact that when you go to leave this church, those relationships, those ties are going to be cut off. Not by you, but by the church. Because you've seen it and you've witnessed it happen to enough people. So you know that's what's going to happen. So here you are in this church where you know that things are wrong. You know that things are being manipulated. You know that people are being controlled to include yourself. But to leave that, that means that I lose everything. I, I, I lose it all. Every... Every waking moment of the past five years has been in this church. Every person that I've, that I've built a relationship with is in this church. Every person that I've brought to God is in this church. Every single day of every week for the past five years has been in this church. And now to walk away from that means to walk away from all of them. It means to walk away from everything that I've known for the last five years, with the exception of the people I work with and my family, then I walk away from everything. Wow. So, so when you look at it from that point, I mean, that's, that's, that's heavy. And I'm glad that you said that because I think it helps people to understand kind of the dilemma in you know, deciding to walk away from a church that was spiritually abusive or, or experiencing that spiritual abuse in a sense. So what would you say was the, you know, what, what, what I guess, so like fast forward in like, you know, three, three and a half years. I mean, what was it that you finally said, because you, I mean, you covered this a lot just now, but what do you think happened where you were just like, okay, yeah, it's time for me to just walk away to cut ties with that. Because it's like, you know, you mentioned that you're leaving everything that you really know, you know, and everything that you've experienced for the last five years of your life. What what was it that happened that you said, I, I can't do this anymore. I got to go. 
So I had known it for, obviously I had known things were going on for a long time. God, I can't tell you how many times I prayed over and, but you know, I, I knew it and there was just, you know, in your head, you're like, Hey, is this the devil getting to me? What is this? And then my assistant pastor, I love this guy. Great dude. Still really good friends with him. We were, we were workout buddies. So we would go work out with each other in the mornings before work. And it was a Sunday. So Monday morning, and I was, I was pretty much at a breaking point. Monday morning, I get to the gym. And, uh, and he tells me that he left the church and that was like, Hey, boom, right then I was like, all right, I'm not crazy. This isn't me. Cause you, you know, you can't talk to people about this. You can't talk to, you know, all the stuff you're seeing, you tell your wife, she's going to go run to the pastor. And then, you know, you got the devil in your marriage. You talk to your friends, your brothers at church, they're all going to go run to the pastor. It's going to be the same thing. You talk to somebody outside of the church, right? And, and then you don't believe that they're spiritual enough. You don't believe that they're rooted in God enough. So therefore you can't talk to them because they're not going to give you good biblical advice because remember you're an elitist, right? Whether you, whether you know it or not, that's exactly what, what you are. You're an elitist. So now there's nobody to talk to. So then this event happened and it was like, boom, okay, I'm not crazy. Here's another respect. I respect him. I respect his family and I'm not crazy. This isn't just me. And that was kind of that moment where it was like, Hey, and then right then, that was it. That, that was it for me. I, I, I went home, talked to my wife and, you know, she's, she's pray for me and everything. You know, she didn't want to, she didn't want to realize it. She goes to church and I go to work. So she goes to church, to the prayer room. She's there. She talks to the pastor. And just like I said, you know, oh, well, you know that this guy left. He says, and he's like, yeah. And, and she's like, yeah, well, you know, him and Brian, they're real close. And, you know, they work out and he came home from after working out before going to work He's really freaked out and I'm worried about him. So now the pastor does exactly what I said he was going to do. He gets in our marriage. And then he, so he now clings to my wife as if he's the head of the household and she needs to follow him. Well, all in the meantime, I go to work. And before I go into work, I'm sitting out in the parking lot, text my boss, say I'm going to be late. And I call my wife's uncle, who's a pastor up in Williamsburg, Virginia. And I call him and he knew what we were in. And I, I knew that because over the years and just conversations with him and stuff, I just, I could tell, I could tell what, how he felt about our church and he never said anything to us. So I called him and I talked to him and this is when I actually found out that the, the church that him and his wife were originally saved in was an abusive church. And then he started telling me his experiences in his, in his church, there's experiences. So I was like, oh my gosh, man, this is not, and the, the churches weren't related at all. And you're talking 25 years later. And I was like, wow, so this is this is a thing. Like, this isn't just isolated to this church and this fellowship. Like, this is a thing. So we talked about it. And I, when I got back home and, you know, my wife, she was, you know, she was dead against it. And I told her, I said, no, we got to get out of here. This and, and she was like, no, no, we can't. This is the devil. And I looked at her. I said, I called your uncle Ralphie. And she said, what? I said, I called your uncle. And she said, you told uncle Ralphie. And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, there's not any hiding it now. Mm. So she even knew, but we had never, we had never really discussed it. And that was one of those things. It's almost like when you know that your spouse is cheating on you and you don't do anything about it, you don't say anything about it. You just keep it there. But then one, because once you expose it, you have to deal with it. And that's what I did is I exposed it to somebody on the outside. So now there's accountability. There's someone else who knows what's going on. So now if we get sucked back into this, right. There's somebody that, that we know that loves us, that we admitted this to, 
And now there's that accountability aspect. But before then, the only people that know your problem, the only people that really know what's going on is in that fold, is in that church. And if you can keep all those issues right there and nobody else knows about it, then, you know, you only have one group of people tugging on you. You don't have any, you don't have anything else. You, you, you can live in denial. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And what I'm hearing you say, too, is and that's kind of similar to like what happened to me. You know, I, I know for me, like my parents and, you know, you've met my parents before. They've they see me in that church for about 10 years and they always knew like the same thing is like they always were like, hey, something's not right here. But as soon as I went to them and I was like, hey, I'm having these second thoughts. I'm having like I'm kind of concerned about, you know, what I'm involved in and the church that I'm in. And uh, it's like you said, once I expose that and and set it um to somebody on the outside it was like all right well now we got to deal with it you know what i mean now we gotta we gotta make that that change and um and and really hit, hit it face on and, and handle it face on so yeah that makes a lot of sense so you know you guys decide to leave obviously like you i mean you just mentioned how difficult it would be because your whole life your whole everything you know is kind of wrapped around that culture wrapped around the people that you know in there and then almost kind of like in a sense you know they kind of make you think that everything that god is doing in your life is literally connected to this church right so when you do leave i mean talk to me a little bit about you know, what was the experience of actually walking away? Because now it's almost kind of like this severed connection, right? Where, you know, everything that you knew, your whole, you know, you think about it, your whole calendar, your whole friendships, your whole social influence, everything is connected to this church. What was that feeling like when you did decide to, to you know, make that move and like walk away? How did that how do you feel like that kind of impacted you and, and how did you feel like you kind of walked through that and dealt with that? So uh, it was tough. It was tough at first. And I, I think one of the biggest things was, is that me and my wife, we had to, to one, depend upon each other. And two, we had to learn how to actually deal with it. You stay so busy in, 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 a, in an abusive church. You stay busy. And one of the things that you're taught is that, or at least we were taught, is that, you know, don't focus on your problems. You focus on other people's problems. And if you help other people with their problems, then then your problems won't seem big anymore. They'll seem small. So what ends up happening is you don't deal with your problems. So we had five years of marriage where we didn't really deal with any of our problems, any of our issues. We just kept going through the motions. We just so back in church, back on outreach, back in prayer, back in Bible studies, back in concerts, back in dramas, back at practice, back at band practice, back at you name it. And then there was constant fellowships because boy, don't be one of the people that doesn't have, you know, families over your house all the time. And I, that's one of the things I loved about the church was the fellowship, almost like an obligation you had to. I mean, you'd be, you'd be hemmed up. Like, well, why haven't you had anybody over your house for dinner this week? But you can't love on people. You can't serve them. So you never actually really dealt with any of your own issues and your own problems. And now all of a sudden, this is it. You got all this time on your hand. You go to work. That's it. My wife, it had to have been worse for her because now, you know, she was a stay-at-home mom. And now she didn't have anybody. She had nothing. At least, you know, I'm at work and, you know, I'm dealing with people at work and stuff. But she had nothing. 
There was no place to, there was no place to go to. There was no people. And, you know, people would reach out to you, but the goal was to get you to come back to church. There was no real relationship there. And all the relationships were very, uh, were very fictitious. And they were all based upon you being in the church. So we, we did, we lost everybody but ourselves, which was scary, but at the same time, it was great. It was great because we, we learned how to really just be a team, be a marriage. Most of our marriage was actually at that time was in the church. So, you know, we, we had to learn how to just take time for us and our family. Really disgusting. This is where, you know, me and my wife, we started talking to each other about the Bible. Barely ever did we speak to each other about the Bible. If we did, it was because other people were over and we were all involved in the same conversation. You know, so we started just really communicating a lot and investing in each other. And, you know, we relied on each other. And then we started building um, new relationships with people. And it wasn't based upon what we could do for them, what they could do for us. It wasn't based upon the church. It was just based upon just your normal camaraderie with other human beings. And it did good people, good people. And that's, you know, we didn't, we really didn't, we weren't able to maintain any relationships from the church. If there were people that had, that we did, they were ones who had also left. And it wasn't contingent on the fact that they had left. And it wasn't, you know, bash fest. In fact, the people that I ended up staying away from were people who left the the church and their lives were just consumed with it. They were consumed with anger and hatred and they were always consumed of, of the church. And I just, I didn't have time for that. I wanted it in my past. I wanted it behind me. So we were able to maintain some friendships from people that we did know. They also used to be in the church when their lives weren't consumed with it. When they just wanted to kind of move on and, and, and live their lives kind of like what we were trying to do. And it, you know, so, but it was tough. It was tough because, you know, you really, you realize that all these relationships that you had made for years and these people that you they were basically your family for years. And then the realization of it is that you rejected your own family for these people. Mm. And uh, then, I mean, that's a nice little humble pie when your family, your real family is waiting there with open arms and these cats, they just, you know, they just threw you to the wayside. Right, 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 man. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that sounds, that's tough. That's, that's difficult. And I'm glad I'm, I'm Thank you for sharing that and just, uh, you know, get into, to, to hear that. So, so I guess my last question would be, you know, obviously it's, it's uh, when, when I listen to the whole scenario, the whole story kind of from start to finish, and I recognize, you know, how difficult it can be. You know, one of the reasons that, that I even, you know, started doing this show wasn't even really, you know, wasn't really about like me and like my own anger really what it was was more about like knowing that there are you know other men and women that have experienced this or they are experiencing it and thinking back on my own life like you just mentioned how hard it is really to come out of this and to really just try and find like your footing and try and find kind of like you know like just a balance back in life and uh, and really get some healing because that's what I think you know, at the end of it, that's just what really needs to end up happening. I know, you know, you mentioned abuse, physical abuse can be one of those things where it's very difficult to heal, but, you know, it it can be done. And then spiritual abuse, that I think kind of can cut a lot deeper because it's kind of like one of those unseen kind of hurts that that happens, you know what I mean? Because you put a lot of trust, you put a lot of faith in to, uh, you know, whether it's a church or, or an individual, and then you get hurt. I mean, 
you know, with with what you've experienced and what you and your wife have gone through and, and kind of really dealt with over these years since you've walked away, I mean, how would you encourage someone or give some type of advice to help someone that may be either considering, you know, walking away, like maybe they recognize like I might be in this type of situation and I'm ready to, you know, part ways, but then you got the fear of having to deal with all that or, they've just walked away from it and now they're trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I figure all this out? What kind of words of encouragement looking back on it, even in your own life, right? Maybe, maybe thinking back like, okay, what would I have told like the younger Brian as he walked out of this? What are some words of encouragement that you could probably leave with someone that may be going through this themselves? So I think that first off is, is to trust yourself, trust your gut. And you know what? Trust the Holy Spirit, you know, trust the Holy Spirit. And, you know, but the truth is, is that if, if you're feeling, a, if you're feeling something, then it's probably there. If you, if you're seeing something, it's probably there and realize that ultimately uh, God is the one who leads you. God is the one who, who you have a relationship with. You know, if you're an abusive church, I guarantee that the, the Holy Spirit is not given the, the, the power and authority that he has. If you will, you know, just realize that first and foremost, that it's your relationship with God. It's God's relationship with you. You know, get in, get in your word, start, start really studying the Bible and don't, don't come at it from a a reference of what you've been preached to and what you've been taught over the years, but really seek, seek the word of God and and really, really study the word of God. And, and you'll, you'll probably realize that the Bible isn't what you, what you've been taught. It has been, it's been manipulated and just, just trust God and trust yourself. Anybody who's been through any breakup, whether that would be marriage or, you know, a long-term girlfriend, boyfriend, somebody you were in love with. I mean, remember when you're 13 years old and you got your heart broke for the first time, it seemed like the end of the world, right? Yeah. It's not the end of the world, right? It's not the end of the world. You, we get through everything. It's scary. And it's the same way. You're scared to lose everything you had. But the truth is, is that what you have is, is limited. And it's it's probably not real. And you got to be able to just be willing to take that leap, get out from underneath it, start afresh. But just know that this is this isn't the end. This isn't the end for you. It's an end of a season. And there's there's freedom. There's freedom in it. And there's freedom. There's freedom with you and and, and God and your relationship with with Christ when you're not uh, in a box and you know you can really i i think that god will show himself to you in a whole different level in a whole different way when you're not underneath wrong teachings and manipulative teachings so you know life's good god is god has made us a good life he's made this earth for us this world for us to enjoy as well get out there and enjoy it go to disney yeah, there you go. There you go. That's good. That's good. Well, Brian, hey, I appreciate number one, I appreciate you just being transparent, just being open and just sharing your story and what you've experienced. You know, when I think about the fact that, you know, it's it's really our testimony, it's really the things that we've gone through and that we've experienced that have the ability, really have the power to help other individuals, you know, that may be kind of dealing with those different things. And uh, I think my camera just went out, but it's all good. So, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate everything that you, uh, you shared here with us. And, you know, I I just want, you know, just for you to feel encouraged, man, to feel just, you know, just to know that, 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 you know, what we went through and what we've experienced, there's a purpose in it. And, and I just appreciate it. I really thank you, bro, for your time. 
I really thank you for sharing, you know, sharing your story, bro. And, and, you know, what you've experienced and, and what you've gone through. And, and I'm glad to see you doing good. I'm glad to see you doing good. I'm glad to see you doing well. And, and uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here, but appreciate you, bro. I love you. Thanks for spending this time with me this evening. Also, anybody out there watching, I hope that this story was encouraging to you. I hope it was a blessing to you to hear you know, the fact that you can go through something like this, you can experience it. But the bigger picture is that you can make it through on the other side and come out a lot stronger with God's grace. So until next time, this is Life Recreated Show. Just keep learning, keep growing and keep healing.